We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to another episode of Talking Halos. I am your host today, Jared Timms, and I am joined alongside my co-host, my partner in crime tonight, Nate Green. Nate, how you doing today? Good to be back home, Jared. Uh, back from my trip and ready to go. Yeah, you uh, decided to see the worst Kansas, Kansas City Chiefs game of Kansas City Chiefs history. Just kidding, there's been worse, but like, probably the past five years of the Mahomes era, you know, just wasn't a good game, and then... You also decided to send Andy Reid to the hospital. I mean, I'm just kidding that's on that. Like, but uh, I got to see Justin Herbert absolutely ball out. Might be one of the best games he's had in his career, which is crazy to think about. So I didn't have a horse in the race. It was just kind of fun to watch both teams and see two really great quarterbacks. So good day for me. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I'm not a big football guy as it is. I mean, I, I like I do the fantasy thing. I'm pretty good at fantasy football, just like I'm pretty good at, you know, all things fantasy, pretty good at that stuff, but yeah, I'm, I'm not a big football fan. It's just good to see, you know, players play well and good plays and good kids. Like, I think that's kind of what we always want to see is just good good teams. So, guys, just want to say thank you so much for listening to this podcast and everything that you do here. If you want to message us or maybe get hop on this podcast during the off season, you can message myself at Jared underscore Tim's on Twitter. You can shoot us an email at talkinghalos at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow us on all of our social medias, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. So we're getting everything going. Once season's over, I think what is that? I, I'm this is how this is how out of it I am, Nate. That I it, this is the last week of the season, correct? This is. Okay, so this will be our last week of going. We're going to go Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. The following week, we're going to start Monday, Wednesday, Friday, coming out on those days unless something big happens, and then we will really get to it. So we'll cover all the postseason news, all the drama, all that fun stuff as it unfolds, and then we're going to have a lot of off-season discussions. So, guys... Without further ado, give us one minute to pay the bills. What's going on, everybody? I want to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast 
here at Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, we'll help get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. And the best part is, you'll get all this for only $15 a month, the same rate as other hosting sites would charge you just for the initial setup fee. So whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sporting experience. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com join. Check out the description box for this episode to find out more, but that's bwhustle.com join. And now, back to talking halos. All right, enough with all the introductions. Let's get this show rolling and talk a little bit of baseball. We have some Angels baseball to talk about, but first I want to talk about a certain play that happened Today, which technically was yesterday, for those of you who are listening to it, we recorded the night before, like I you know, said that before, but Jose Abreu, the White Sox, I I can't get this out of my head, I just, I, I want to talk about this so bad, I mean, if you haven't seen already, I'll, I'll quickly recap it, Jose Abreu gets hit on an 0-2 pitch in the elbow, after watching it, he kind of, do I dare say, leaned into it a little bit, I don't know, uh, a couple pitches later, um, curveball in the dirt, Throw goes to second. Abreu takes a hard slide at Tiger's shortstop, Nico Goodrum, and bench is clear. And again, just another incident with the White Sox. I I know we have differing opinions on this, but Nate, what say you about this whole thing? I think Jose Abreu is just soft, honestly. Like, this game, it was funny. I was watching, I was looking through all the games today and just going... Man, this this literally is don't care Monday. I think all of the games didn't matter except for the Oakland Seattle one, and that was about it. And it was just like wow. So Tigers White Sox literally means less than nothing. And Jose Abreu is getting upset about getting hit on an O two fastball. Like first of all, bro, the Tigers don't care about you. They're not trying to hurt hit you on purpose. This is game, you know, 155 for them or so. It, it, it doesn't matter. They're not trying to hit you on purpose. Second of all, nobody tries to hit you on purpose on an 0-2 pitch. Uh, I was a pitcher. If I'm going to hit you, I'm hitting you on pitch one. That's it. And and I was an old school guy who's, who said you only get one shot. So if I didn't hit you on pitch one, I'm not hitting you on pitch two, and I'm not hitting you on pitch three. Um, I'm definitely not hitting you on 0-2 pitch, so – for you to get upset about it, it's just it's just tiring, you know. You just get so many guys that are that think the game is about them and that's just kind of what I feel like right now. It's like Jose Abreu you coming off an MVP, you know, kind of frustrated with how his season started. I know he's had a decent year, but I think it's just him thinking the game's about him and it's not. I don't disagree with you after watching it. I know I said something different on Twitter, but I, I don't disagree with you. I also think that he kind of leaned into it a little bit too when you look at it. So be it. It is what it is. Wear an elbow guard. If you want to call it soft, he, he was... I'll, I'll agree with you. I think it was a little bit of a soft move by him and then taking it out on you know the shortstop. Just if you're going to be upset, just go ahead and charge the mound. Like, that, end of story there, you know? And 
and you know end it there. You know, be be upset with the pitcher. That that's totally fine. Be upset with the catcher, but you know, to go and take out a shortstop or attempt to take out a shortstop like that, I get that you're trying to you know slide in safely at second base and not get tagged or anything like that, but just kind of unacceptable and. It was almost Chase Utley late. Like, it was bad. Yes. It was a bad slide. And, you know, to, to think about it from, from the Tigers' perspective, um, you know, he, he slid into uh, Nico Goodrum. And, you know, Nico Goodrum, he's not making a lot of money, you know, maybe $2 million here, which is a lot of money for, for anyone. But for a professional baseball player, it's average, I guess. And that could have very well ended his career. Not to overreact to this, but you know, you slide in there, break his break his leg. He's not exactly the established shortstop for the Detroit Tigers, so you could have easily ruined that guy's career just by getting upset over getting hit by a pitch. It's like you crowd the plate and you hit twenty five bombs, thirty bombs a year. You're gonna get pitched inside, and that's gonna happen. So yeah, it's very very frustrating to watch him act the way he did because it's like, come on, bro, you're we get it. You're 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 pretty good at baseball, but we we we're not trying to hit you on purpose. There's just no need for that. Yeah, and I and, and I totally agree with you. Now, my next question for you would be: Do we think that it might be a certain philosophy that has possibly been installed during this year? And I think you know why I'm asking this, and I know your answer because we've talked we talked about this off the record, but. I truly believe that there has been a certain philosophy installed in the White Sox, and in today's game, I'm totally fine with it. I I, I like it. I I like that scrappy edge. I Nate, we talk about playing 1980s baseball for the Angels, and, and and we think that that needs to come back a little bit more. We're a little bit old school there, but I, I don't know if it has a huge place in in baseball right now if you if you get my i've gone back and forth on this i just don't know if there's a huge place for where this philosophy is right now i don't think it's i don't think it's a philosophy honestly i mean jose Abreu is 34 years old he's a grown man um i don't think anyone is going to go into a locker room and say jose Abreu, you have to act this way i think he's um well into his baseball career he's a veteran and i, I don't think he's going to change the way he plays no matter who his manager is, you know, you could have Brad Osmus as his manager. You could have Dave Roberts. It doesn't matter. Jose Abreu is going to play the way Jose Abreu plays. And I think the other point you can bring up is Tim Anderson. Um, you know, t- Tim Anderson is very, very much a, a celebratory player. You know, he loves the bat flips. He loves to be flashy. Um, he is that guy, right? And, Everyone's first first thought out of their mind was, oh, Tony La Russa, Tony La Russa is old school. He will not let that happen. Um, Tim Anderson is not going to have fun. And, and I think that was even something Tim Anderson was not happy about. He came out really, really early, right when they hired Tony La Russa and said, I'm not going to change for Tony. Um, you know, this is the way we play baseball. And Tim Anderson did not change. I mean, you could, you could go back to the Field of Dreams game where he hit the walk-off home run. That was unbelievable moment, one of the best moments of, of the season, if not the best moment of the season. And there was some flash, there was some flair, and you know it was normal Tim Anderson. It was not, oh Tony Larusa upset about Tim being Tim. So I think these guys are old enough. You know, if he's a younger vet, a younger guy like 
your mid Mercedes who you were upset about earlier. I think that's the kind of guy who can really benefit from a manager, you know, trying to, to lead a team and, and kind of say, Hey, this is the way we do things. But if you got an old vet, he's 34 years old. And, and the other thing about this is he's from Cuba. They play the ball. They play baseball way differently out there. So he, he comes over here and I, I know he's been here for what, eight years now. And, and, and kind of understands, but baseball is is a, a worldwide game. We got guys from the Dominican, we got guys from Venezuela, we got guys from Japan, Cuba, America, and you just got so many different brands of baseball trying to play at one time that these things happen where where guys think one thing because you know Jose Abreu is like, oh well, in Cuba they, they hit you on purpose for for hitting a home run, and uh, you know the guys in America are like, look, I throw the ball 97 miles an hour. I have no idea where this baseball is going. I just hope it goes somewhere around the plate. And, you know, that's just kind of what I think about that. No, I, I'm with you. Like I said, I've gone back and forth on this this whole thing that, you know, that we've discussed and, and you know, frustration and being soft and old school, new school, and I don't think social media helps with any of this. But... Yeah, I, I think I'm going to continue to go back and forth on this whole thing. I think that there is a place, but there isn't a place in baseball for it. So let's talk a little bit of Angels baseball. I know this is an Angels podcast, and we need to talk some Angels baseball. I know there's not a lot going on with it, but we'll make it work. So, Nate, has frustration finally boiled over? I believe so, and it's really good to see that it's not just us or the fan base that feels this way. Um, I, I think you're, you're really getting to see some some big-time Angels people step out and really say enough is enough, and I'll let you kind of go into it. But, uh, yeah, it's really encouraging to see some of these people step up. Yeah, you know, first we saw Joe Madden talk about it, and then Mike Trout hinted, I guess, per se, at it. I know Mike Trout's not the biggest vocal guy out there, and he never has been, never will be. But he did, you know, mention that things need to change. And then... Continuing on, Shohei Otani mentioned it as well in some post-game comments after, I believe, his start on Sunday, if, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Yeah, and, and we saw it during the game, too. There was a, there was a clip of him, and somebody, somebody you know, Otani pitched a, a hell of a game that, that day as well, deserved every bit of his 10th win. Actually, he probably, let's be fair, he, he probably should have 15, 20 wins at, at this pace if he was on any other team, and we'd be talking about him winning the Cy Young, and we'd be talking about him winning the MVP just because of those 20 wins. I know, again, we're not big win people, but for the season he's having, I think that you have to put him in the Cy Young conversation. But back onto the frustration part, there was there was a clip of him. Somebody struck out. I, I'm not too sure who it was, but somebody struck out, and you see him going back into the dugout and slam his bat, which is completely un-Shohei Otani-like. I would assume... It's very un-Japanese like as well of him. And again, I don't know, you know, the whole Japanese culture or anything like that, but that just doesn't seem like something anybody anything anybody would do. You know, we never saw Ichiro I think he got ejected one time. Hideki Matsui was never a, a big guy to show the emotion. Even Shohei Otani has never been a big emotion emotional guy. We see the bat flips and we see him get excited when he's pitching, but you know, it's never been that way. And then post-game comments come out, and, and I just felt like the frustration kind of boiled over. However, I think we've kind of, it's been in the works 
it's been in the works with Shohei Otani for for a little while now. It feels like with some of his post game comments and and some of the stuff, you know, it's 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 got to be tough for him being the dude on this team right now and absolutely having zero backup around him. When you have, and no offense to Jack Mayfield or Phil Gosling, but when you have Jack Mayfield batting in front of you and Phil Gosling batting behind you, two guys that were DFA'd multiple times. Well, maybe not multiple times, but Phil Gosling was let go by the Phillies and Jack Mayfield has been DFA'd three times this year and is batting in the two hole or is batting in the four hole for the Angels. It's it's tough. It's got to be frustrating, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I think the one thing that Otani is really feeling frustrated about is, like you said, the, the amount of protection he has had since Trout and Rendon have gone out has been... Um, non-existent to say the least. Um, nobody is really scared to face whoever is behind Shohei Otani, whoever you put there, and that's why he has walked so much this year. And I know you, you've even mentioned that this would be the lowest batting average for a MVP winner if Otani is to win the MVP. And I think a little bit of that is the pressure that Otani has felt. When this team, you know, quote unquote, still thought they had a shot of, of making a playoff run, Otani is up there with no Trout, no Rendon, and he's got Phil Gosselin, Jack Mayfield, whoever it is, hitting behind him, and guys are like, "I'm going to throw a pitch in the dirt. I'm going to throw a fastball, three balls off, and that's basically going to be my my pitch routine to Otani. And if he if he takes the walk, great. You know, still second. You know, maybe they get a run out of it, but if I throw something over the middle of the plate, he's going to hit this thing 200 miles, and I'm not going to see this baseball again. So, I, I think there's a little bit of that boiling over for him as well, where he's just like, I am sick and tired of having to chase pitches to be the guy because you know he hit so many home runs in the first half, and everyone was talking about, oh, Otani's really good at hitting, and now it's like it's not really being talked about as much, but he's not seeing any pitches to hit because. Nobody wants to pitch to him. Why, why would you pitch to him when, when the guy behind you is Phil Gosselin? Like, no offense to Phil, but, like, I don't think Phil Gosselin has ever hit four in his life. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't even know if Phil Gosselin hit four in high school. Like, <laughs> no, uh, like it's just not his his turn to hit in the order. I, I, he probably has hit first, he's probably hit second, and he's probably hit seven, eight, nine. But, like, fourth is just not where he hits, and that's, again, no disrespect to him at all, but, like, you really, really would like to see somebody with some thump behind Otani just to give him, just to give the pitcher something to think about. And I, the only other guy I can compare this to, and I know a lot of people are not going to like this, but I am a huge Bryce Harper fan. And Bryce Harper went through this a couple of years ago where he had nobody hitting behind him. And people were like, wow, Bryce Harper really sucks at baseball because he's hitting about 245 or something like that. But the guy who was sitting behind him, was nobody. And so Bryce was having to swing at pitches out of the zone to try and produce runs for his team. And his team was actually in the playoff race at that time. So because they had such good starting pitching. So yeah, I, I think that's also a big part for Otani is like, yes, I want to win, but I also want to be successful. And it's really hard to be successful with the roster that we have right now. Yeah, I firmly agree on the Bryce Harper thing. Phil Gosselin might've been the guy batting behind him. I'm kidding. It probably wasn't. <laughs> he was with the Phillies at. Uh, that's when the Phillies. And he probably was with the Phillies when he was. You know, when he had that year where he just 
everybody thought he wasn't worth the money, so it, it could have been Phil Gosselin batting behind him for all we know. But uh, back on to Shohei Otani, he has 52 walks since the All-Star break, 12 intentional walks. He has five intentional walks over the past, let's see, six, eight, seven games. He's walked 15 times over the past five games almost. I mean, it's it's unbelievable, and I... I I feel for the man. I I really do, and and it's it's the tr- Mike Trout thing again. Like Mike Trout had zero zero help when the, and that's I I I think that people kind of forget how good Mike Trout really is because Mike Trout had zero help, and you have to look at the numbers that he put up during those numbers. The same thing with Shohei Otani. Like Shohei Otani is twice as good as the next best hitter. Okay, Jared Walsh has been damn good this year, but he hasn't. I don't think he's batted behind Otani because lefty, Joe Madden, lefty. exactly. Madden doesn't want the lefty lefty, which I totally understand that. That's fine with me. But Shohei Otani's been and he's been the best hitter on this team the entire year. Still is the best hitter on this team the entire year. Hence the millions of walks that he's had. And since the All-Star break, and it's just, I think you can hear it in our voice. I, I think we're kind of fed up with it as well. Like, we've always been in our, I can say this by myself, I've always been one of those people that have backed up and, you know, supported this organization as far as I can. And I, I continue, I will continue to, but at some point you need to take the next step forward. And I... I think we we all know what it is, and it's not what everybody thinks it is, if that makes sense. Does that make sense to you, Nate? Yeah. Everybody thinks it's go out and and get pitching. And and I think that that is a huge key to it, but I also think it's letting the guys who are in those spots to get those people do their thing. Now, does that make sense, Nate? Yes, of course. And Yeah, I mean... (laughs) The other thing is, it can't just be about getting pitching. You know, like, you've got to get quality arms. And I was just talking about this today, where it feels like the Angels are like, oh, we'll solve this position with, uh, you know, we'll solve this broken arm with with a nice little Band-Aid. And they just continue to put a Band-Aid on, you know, something that is broken every single year. And, you know, it's kind of getting tiresome. I, I think the fans are over it. They're tired of seeing, you know, the one year... $10 $10 million, one-year $12 million deal. And at the end of the season, you look up and, you know, this is the first year that guy hasn't been on the roster in September. But, I mean, you're looking up and going, what? why is this guy still on the roster? He's got a five ERA and he's been bad every time we throw him out there. So that's the biggest thing for me is you can't just say, oh, we got pitching because, you know, you went out and signed three to four arms. It's like, no, we need quality pitching. And the other thing that, that I don't know if, if has really been brought up, when's, and I know we've talked about this a lot about, about other teams not being healthy, but like the Angels aren't healthy, and whose fault is that? Is that the player's fault for playing too aggressively? I don't think so. I think a lot of them are just weird. Like Trout's injury is probably because of um, some issues in the weight room. Are we talking about who our trainers? Are we talking about who our weightlifting coaches? Is that even being mentioned? I don't even know who, how long this 
whoever it is has been there. But I think that's definitely something that, that should be brought up is like, hey, are we training these guys to be successful for 162 days, 162 games a year? And if we aren't, why aren't we? Is, is it their diet? Is it their uh, the way that we push them in the, in the weight room? Is it the way that we ease off them in the weight room? What is it? That's a fantastic question, and I don't. If if we anybody knew the answer to that, I think. I think we would be in a different situation, but I I don't have an answer for that one. I mean, you can, you can continue to be. You can go into the weight room, work out as much as you want. You can be as healthy as you want, and you can fall apart. You know, or, or you can. I don't know if this is a fair point, Chris Sale. How much is Chris Sale? Like, if you look at Chris Sale, how much do you think he works out? Um, I'm sure he works out a lot, but he doesn't have a lot of, lot of uh, meat on his bones, or I don't know. He he's not huge. Exactly. And I think that's that's the reason. And he could work out a lot, you know, but oh, he's just gaining muscle, and that's why he's hurt a lot because he fragile. Yeah. No. 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 Well, that was up until like Chris Sale didn't get hurt until two seasons ago. Fair? Like, it was one of those I'm, things. I mean, Nate, he always had an elbow issue, but it never was something, like, he was always like that guy who was like, well, it hurts. I'm going to sit out 10 days and then I'll be good. It was never anything where he missed significant time. But he did, he was always the, oh, he could be getting TJ in the next year. And, and that's the thing is, like, he never actually got the TJ. He always pitched through it. And so, I don't know. Yeah, he really hasn't had big issues until this last Tommy John, but he has always had issues, if that makes sense. You get my point with the example, though, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the, another guy that gets brought up a lot is Carl Edwards Jr. He throws 97 miles an hour. He was a dude for the Cubs um, when Madden was there, and they won the World Series. But you look up, and he always had issues because he wasn't he wasn't big enough. And it's a lot on the body to pitch – 70, 75 times a year, 60, 65 times a year. And that's the thing. Like, I think even the Yankees brought it up because, you know, they have so many injury issues. Theirs got brought up about, like, who is our weightlifting coach? What is he teaching? Because everyone's got this huge body, this beach body, this California beach body, and it's not helping us. So that's the, that's the other thing is, is, it, is it the weightlifting coach? Is it the is it the uh, trainer? Who is it? Because we have a lot of guys get hurt. No, hundred percent. I I think when I mean, you look at the Mets, I think teams have injuries. I I don't have an answer for you. Can I can I can I try to give you an answer though? I think that I think like a curse. A curse. I don't, that, I don't think so. Is that not, I, I don't know. Like that's the that's the closest thing I I I can say to it. But back. I, I, back, I can't give that to a curse because. The Angels just like it's. It has not been their entire, you know, years of being in existence. This is not something where it's like, oh, ever since the Angels have started, they've been injury prone. Like this has been the last ten years or so. And I don't know. I just I just can't give it up to a curse yet, unless you know we we continue to make changes and nothing happens, but. I don't think that's the problem. I think the problem is we have 
we just don't have the right mentality. And I don't know whose fault it is, but I'm not here to put blame. It's just a question that, that I thought needed to be answered. No, that, that that's fair. And I, I, I totally understand. I think that you need, I think people need to question that because it shouldn't, it shouldn't happen. You know, there are fluke things and I, you know, the trout injury is a fluke thing. And, but why didn't he come back? You know, like misdiagnosis. What, what, what is the issue behind it? Like, we want to know, like, we feel, I, I feel like Angels fans are kept very much so in the dark and it's very true. I'll, I'll, I'll be hundred percent honest with you. I, I, Angels fans are kept very much so in the dark about a lot of things and, and Nate, you and I know a lot of stuff that goes on in, in, in the dark and it's not, it's not, I don't know. I don't know how to put it, but back on to the, the frustration part. And I had somebody comment on something I said about this whole thing. And they said, it seems like Perry Manassian has a good hold on this team. And, and, you know, he drafted 20 of 20 pitchers. We're seeing a lot of young guys come up the trades that have been made. I mean, and I, and I sat there and I was like, this is a good point. It really is. But if Perry had a hold on things, he would not have drafted a pitcher in the first round. Is that a fair thing to say, Nate? I know. Yeah, that's definitely fair. Especially since I know on your big board, you had Khalil Watson, number, number one. Actually, I think you probably had him number three overall in the entire draft. If I'm correct. Am I, am I off or, was that correct? He he was definitely up there, and and, and he was in your top three. I know that. And yes, he was available, and that's you know the Angels are in a spot where you got to take best available. The farm system is so bad that you just got to continue to take best available until that farm system's good. And so, yeah, I, I do think that's a that's a fair point. A hundred percent. I mean, you like I'm not upset about Sam Bachman. Nobody should be upset about Sam Bachman, especially with some of the reports that have come out and. For all intents and purposes, you guys can sit there and say, "Hey, Jared, Cle- or Cleo Watson's a high schooler. Why take a risk on him?" And Joe Adele, Jordan Adams, these high schoolers haven't worked out, and I, I totally get it. I, I totally agree with you guys. And Sam Bachman was the safe pick, just like Reed Detmers was the safe pick, and and Reed Detmers was the right pick. Let's be fair there. But for all intents and purposes, at the moment, and. I'll say it down the road here too, and if I'm wrong, I'll I'll tell you guys I'm wrong. Sam Bachman was not the correct pick, and that is an organizational thing as well. I, I don't think that the organization wanted Sam Bachman either. I think that there is a higher power that wanted a pitcher, and I understand why, you know, to make the people that are listening to this podcast and the people that are doing this podcast happy. However, I don't a lot of people don't think that was the right pick. Is that fair to say? Like and you you, you agree with me on this, I I think. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I love to play devil's advocate, but I can't because it's the truth right now. Like um we there was probably someone who said, I hear a lot and everyone is crying that we don't have enough pitching. Well we'll show them we don't have enough pitching. Watch me. And I, I don't really want to get into this because I will go down a rabbit trail, but um, I, I do think it's interesting just to go back to the last point about um, the way things are being operated. You knew just from what we've known that Mike Trout was not going to announce that he was done for the year until about Saturday. Um, just from the fact of we want fans to continue to come 
And if there's a chance Trout is coming back, I'm going to continue to show up to the yard. And once he announces that he was done, there was no shot people were coming to the games. And the only reason that he was able to announce it Saturday and not Sunday is because Shohei Otani was starting Sunday. So people were still like, hey, I'll still go to the game to watch Otani pitch. And I, I think that is a big reason because this Mike Trout thing should have been handled, you know, two months ago. It was pretty obvious two months ago that he was not going to come back. And I think it was just one of those things where we need butts in the seats. And Mike Trout possibly coming back, that still gets people coming to games. But Mike Trout in July saying, hey, uh, I'm done. People are starting to talk about USC and UCLA football at that point. Like They're like, oh, this season's done. Yeah, and I think I'll finish this whole kind of conversation on on this little note. I don't like to say it, but it's very true, and it's very true about a lot of things in life. The more and more you find out about things, whether it's baseball, whether it's the Angels, whether it's just life in general, politics, the shittier it gets. Is that fair to say? Yes, absolutely. Like, as bad as that sounds, like, I, 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 I hate it. I hate every, like, the farther you, you get down a rabbit hole, the worse and worse it gets, and the less lesser and lesser you, you like it and you want to do things. And I think that, you know, it comes to a point where it just, it's not fun anymore, and and I'll leave it at that. You know, I, I, I don't know where else to go from that one. So, Nate, any final thoughts here? I know I kind of left it on a sour note, per se, but... Our time is up here. No, I think that was my final note. It's just very, very uh, curious timing on when to announce that Trout's done. And, you know, so we got we got six games left. Let's hope these guys can uh, fight and and not give up on the season. They, they're playing Texas. Like, if you can't beat Texas once, then this team just has nothing left and if that's the case, then they have quit, and there needs to be some changes if a team quits on the season. Yeah, and I'm sure we'll get into it as this as this week goes on. Going into next week, we're going to be hearing and seeing a lot of things that go on, and it'll be a very interesting two or three weeks of Angels baseball into postseason baseball for a lot of teams. and. You know, it's a, it's a fun week for a lot of teams, and it'll be an interesting week for the Angels. I know they're not in any playoff races, but, yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see where they go with, you know, some coaching staff. A pitching coach, we'll see what happens with that. There's a lot, you know, going on. We're going to be hitting free agency soon, and it'll just be, it'll be different. It'll be a lot of fun, though. I'm excited to talk about it. So, guys, as always, just want to thank you guys so much for listening to this podcast, and have a great rest of your day. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. 
That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.